Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil, the real deal Taylor. And a very happy Easter to everyone listening live tonight And those of you who are listening on whatever replay it is You may be catching right now And welcome to another edition of Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio I'm your host, King of All Wrestling Media, Gene Jackson And I'm joined as always by none other than Neil, the real deal Taylor Neil, how are we doing this Easter evening? Man, Gene, it's been such a weekend I'm tired like I, I'm, I'm physically tired. It has been a very busy three days. Uh, last three days, of course, we'll get into that a little later in the show. But uh, um, was kind of nice, kind of kicking around a little bit today with the family and doing the Easter thing. And uh, how did uh, gotta ask how B, uh, BB the cat enjoyed Easter Sunday? Well, you know, she she liked it all right. Um, she. She had to have a flea pill this afternoon, so she was pretty pissed about that. But eventually, uh, <laughs> she calmed down, and then her and Roxy played with their toys and uh, watched Mystery Science Theater. So it was it was a good day for them. <laughs> DB the cat, the official mascot of our show. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're gonna start getting her more involved. I won't be happy yeah, until somebody it. buys a, a BB the Cat uh, promo pick from the gimmick table one day. That's that's the goal of all this. <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. Well, I tell you, uh, after this weekend, we've pretty much determined that uh, some people will buy pretty much anything. <laughs> then, yeah, that's going to be an interesting to story to tell oh, later my on. God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But, yeah, um, yeah, I hear you, man. I'm right there with you on the long weekend thing. Uh, the trip all the way to Amory on Friday, uh, then got home at 2 in the morning, went to work Saturday morning, uh, blew out of there, went to New South in Hartsville, Alabama that night, got up this morning, drove to Gadsden for us to go have lunch uh, with Rosie's dad, and then came back here. Um, a lot of a lot of more traveling than I've done in quite some time, and I can't say I didn't enjoy it, but man, I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not used to that anymore. So, uh, <laughs> quite a quite a weekend for the Jacksons, and we got a hell. We've got even longer trips planned for next weekend. So, 
April is going to be a <laughs> exciting month in the Jackson household. And 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 speaking of BB the cat, she is going to be none too happy because when we we're traveling, that means we're not home, and she has to uh, ration out her food, and she does not like that. <laughs> I tell you, I I was talking to somebody over the course of the weekend, and you know we were talking about you know all the road trips and being on the road and everything, and you know I haven't um, you know been on the road as much in the last couple of years as I, I have previously. You know I don't I don't think I could do that again at this point. I've it, it, now it's like you know a, a car ride to you know an hour away. I'm not even I'm not even ten miles out of town and I'm so sleepy I can't hold my head up. So um I don't know, uh maybe we'll uh we'll get some maybe I'll get some tips on uh on uh how to stay awake in some of these car rides by our guests tonight. Um which I'm uh truly excited about and will be joining us momentarily. Um our our uh guest Stormy Lee this week. Uh, the Italian bad girl, the queen of the southeast, uh, her and uh, uh, Francisco Chiazzo, Chiazzo, uh keep the roads hot every weekend. So, uh, oh my like God, said, yeah, they're all over the place, everywhere. So, uh, I definitely, what? <laughs> definitely. Uh, I tell you what, man, uh, you mentioned her name, and, and it looks like she has she has appeared. Uh, right here on our on our switchboard. So right now, I'm going to click a button, and I do believe we will more than likely be joined by the Queen of the Southeast herself, Miss Stormy Lee. Are you there? Hello, I'm here. Hello, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you? Doing Very well. Good, I'm Jean Jackson, Lee. and of course, you know Neil, the real deal, Taylor, right? <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs> wait, wait, and you still agreed to come times. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Stormy, I, I appreciate you uh, joining us this week, and, and uh, uh, you were somebody I definitely sought out that I wanted to get on the show. Um, and uh, I was actually just joking with Gene about um, road trips and, and how, you know, back – Back a few years ago, I used to keep the roads pretty hot, but, but these days I, I can't drive probably no more than about 20 minutes of being so sleepy. I'm about to <laughs> – I can't hold my head Oh, up, I'm the but, same way. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, it's – it's. I don't know, and I look back on some of the trips I made in the past. I don't know how I got through it. I know uh, you were in uh, Lafayette, Georgia Saturday, correct? Uh, yeah, yep, Lafayette for uh, Southern Legacy Wrestling. How did uh, how did that go? How was that show? Um, it went really well. I mean, it was a really really good crowd. Um, it's run by uh, Jack Lord, so anything he ever does is is really a great show. Um, the Bowser Brothers, Eric Wayne and Francisco Chiazzo, unfortunately lost their AIWF tag titles to Georgia Heat, but it was a well fought match. Um, I was supposed to be in a women's match, but both opponents decided to not show up, so uh, I just got to be out and look pretty for the boys. You know, someone had to make their match look good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it awesome. Real, and, it was a real good crowd. It was a lot of fun, other than not being able to wrestle. 
Yeah, that 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 sucks. But sometimes that can be a treat every once in a while. So, um, but uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit, uh, and uh, I guess just kind of um, get into some real, I guess, more generic questions. I guess starting off. Um, how long have you actually been in the business and and how did you how did you uh how did you get in the business um well i've technically um been in the business since i would say 2011 um i had yeah. an ex-boyfriend that was you can call him a wrestler he really was a joke i thought he was decent but that was before i really knew what good good wrestling was <laughs> Um, and so one of the shows that he worked for, their big selling point was we train women for free, which uh, me being as dumb as I was, and I was 19 at the time, oh, this sounds great. It sounds like fun. And uh, so about two or three years I did that and just really had no idea what I was doing and didn't realize how terrible I was until um, until a couple years ago when I had to do it all over again. Um, but I actually met Francisco um, my third year in at a show, and we kind of talked every now and then back and forth. And about two years ago, right? Two years ago, um, we crossed paths, and I was on my way out of a very abusive relationship, and he was on his way out of a, um abusive relationship, and we just kind of caught eyes at the same time. And uh, it just our story went from there and he kind of took me under his wing and made me realize what I was doing wrong and that what I had been trained to do and what I thought I was doing good was just terrible. <laughs> so he got me with um, a Bonnie Maxson who was Radiant Rain and TNA, um, Peyton Banks and Bel Rico at Lexi Fife's uh, Slam Shack and got me mm-hmm. retraining with her. So I kind of I started all over again. That was in 2015. So I've officially been in it and known what I'm doing and been correctly trained for going on three years now. Well, let me ask you this, and and I've heard some people say that that you know they got in the business, figured out that they you know maybe weren't as smart or, or didn't know as much as they they initially thought they did and then they went back and got retrained did you find that tough to do i mean it's it seems like and i think in my case it would be hard to break old habits i mean did you find that tough to i you know (laughs) it was i i can't even describe how tough it was like wrestling training in general is it's tough, you know, and that's something that just takes a pull on the body and, you know, the mind. But having to relearn it all, I mean, I was doing it, and I was working matches for three years, doing everything wrong, and never never knew I was. So retraining, I had to forget the past three years of what I knew. I mean, I didn't even know that I was supposed to do everything from the left. That's how far behind I was on everything. So I had to literally, like, break down um, wow. every step of what I was doing and, and learning over again. So it took me months and months to just get the basics down because I had to forget everything I thought I knew. Um, so it was it was definitely hard, but I think I, I got a good advantage from it because I got to see the wrong way to do things. And when I start, started to learn them the right way, I can, I can feel it, like, 
I can feel when it's wrong when I do it because it feels like it used to, if that makes sense. So there's certain things that I'll do that before I even have to look at it, I know I did it wrong because I can feel that it's different than the right way to do it. Well, that makes sense. I think anybody that's anybody that's been in the ring before would, you know, understands what you're saying. That's, you know, I commend you for for going back and doing that. And it's, um, it's something I wish I would have done, you know, a long time ago. But, um, so were you always a wrestling fan? Is you know, is uh, being young, or is it something that you got interested in later on, or uh, you know, how did uh, you know what was your you know how long have you been interested in being uh, in wrestling business? Um, well, my grandfather and I are really close growing up, and he always, whenever I went to his house, he was always watching some form of wrestling. So that kind of became our bonding thing, that that's whenever we were over, we'd watch, we'd have dinner and we'd watch wrestling. And so I, I liked it, and I, I loved it, actually, when I was watching with him, and it was a really good bonding experience. And I, I kind of kept up with it throughout the years, growing up and I, after he died it kind of withered off for a little while because it was just hard for me to watch and hard for me to to think about but when I was yeah. in high school I started watching it again and just started to fall in love with it all over again and when I met I had no idea there was anything such as the independent scene so if I would have known that back in the day I would have probably would have started this journey a lot sooner because enjoy it more than I enjoy the stuff on the TV. Um, but I always kind of watched it and, and really liked it. Um, I really fell in love with it when when I was able to get out there and start actually doing it. Who uh, who are your favorites when you were when you were a youngster? Who are your favorites to watch? Um that's a tough one. Um I was a big Rowdy uh, Rowdy Piper fan. Oh yeah. And probably for women, I was a I was a, I have actually become a big Medusa Alundra Blaze fan. I didn't I wasn't didn't really watch a ton when she was still on. I think that was right around the time that I kind of stopped watching for a little while. Um, but ever, since I've been watching it lately and and studying and learning new things, she's quickly become my, my new favorite in women of all time. I, I, I hear you there. I was always a big, uh, big not so much an Alundra Blaze fan as I was a Medusa fan. And and, and I think that uh, anybody that's watched her knows there's a definite difference. Oh, um, yeah. What, uh, what was the hardest thing to learn? When she started getting in the business, you started to, to train, even if it's, you know, I guess, as you would say earlier, you know, the wrong way, uh, or maybe even a, a mixture of the two when you were trying to relearn. What, what was the hardest thing for you to learn how to do? What was the biggest challenge um, you had? Physically, I I have a fear of going upside down. So having to do anything upside down where I had to come off my feet or had to flip it all, that that was physically probably the hardest thing that I did. Um, but still, to this day, like the absolute hardest thing I think is the story part of it, because I'm um, you're telling a story throughout this whole, you know, throughout your whole match and your the roller coaster effect of, you know, when where fans are and what you need to be doing in a match and how you can get a crowd from down and up and kind of a roller coaster ride, as Hal Frank describes it. 
Um, that is the hardest thing for me to still get. I've kind of, I get a lot more than I used to. And each time I, I wrestle or I get to sit out and watch um, Francisco wrestle and all, I get to sit out and watch the story unfold. And, I, and he's, he's amazing with telling stories and, and being able to read a crowd and, um, you know, adjust his matches in the ring to whatever the crowd wants. So I'm very lucky that I get to sit sit back and watch that because I think I'm I'm a lot further along than I would be because of that. But the, the storytelling is just something that you spend your entire career learning. You know, you always once you become a vet, you've been doing this 15, 16, 17 years. You pretty much get the gist of it, but you always have time. You always have space to learn more of it because you never stop learning. Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to storytelling and psychology and Absolutely. I I agree with that. I've been I've been doing this somewhere around seventeen, eighteen years and it, it seems like you never stop learning and I know that uh the first time that uh Francisco and I um met in a ring, I know that uh learned from I learned a lot from him and, you know, this one match. Um and, and I guess kind of segueing into that and I know you touched on it a little bit earlier um, exactly how did you and um, uh, Francisco meet? Um, we crossed paths the very first time at a show called ACW in Newport Ritchie. And um, it was the first time I had ever been there, and I was with my with my ex. And I, I remember we I'd seen him, and I think I had added him on Facebook, not even really knowing who he was, I don't think. And I had seen him, and I, I walked over and introduced myself, and I trying to strike conversation with him like a dummy, like a little girl, and just was asking him about weight loss tips and fitness tips and things I never had any intention of actually doing. I just wanted to talk to him. Uh, but we kind of we passed, crossed paths a few times at different shows throughout um, the next, like, two years or so. And we actually, at the same show at a different venue, the same ACW show was where we crossed paths again the most recent time. And there was just something different about, I guess, both of us. It was just, you know, I never believed in sparks fly or, like, destiny or, you know, things like that. But there was just this different chemistry between he and I that, that was never there before. You know, because we had joked on and off throughout Facebook, and we always had this big inside joke about Chick Fil A. Because I would, I always had a habit of getting on online and complaining that Chick Fil A wasn't open on Sundays because that's when I craved it the most. And he would always <laughs> send me random pictures of him eating Chick Fil A or, or him passing a Chick Fil A. So randomly throughout the years, that was just kind of like the inside joke. Um, but there was just something different. Like when we saw each other at the show, that something clicked and. We just started texting back and forth, kind of, I think, flirtatiously, you know, messing. And I went and hung out with him one day and had our first date, and then I didn't leave after that. I kind of, <laughs> I don't think we've been separated since for more than three days. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, and I guess kind of just a side bullet point here, he um, inboxed me on Facebook, I think it was Saturday, and I think uh, he had to take a road trip in your car, and it had, I think you had, like, the pink steering wheel handle and the pink dice and the... Oh, yeah, he was real pretty <laughs> that day. 
it was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen because knowing, knowing Frankie like I do, because, you know, Frankie has this, is a very intense guy, and he's riding down the road, and I can just envision oh, what I, down the house. I didn't actually even get to see him in the car because he left before, after I had already gone to take his car to, the, to get the tires. So I didn't actually get right. to see him in this car. But he took these pictures, and he was sending me his picture of, like, him with this, like, upset face. And I was like, I could just imagine, like, the size of you right now driving down the road with pink everywhere. I just, I can only imagine what people in the cars next to him at gas stations are thinking, like, this poor guy, his wife's making him take their, her car, you know. You can only imagine. So to make him feel at home, when he got back home with his car, I made sure to put a pink Hello Kitty car seat cover on the passenger side. So now he gets to drive around with a Hello Kitty seat cover in his car to remember me by. <laughs> that, that is great. <laughs> um, so, you know, once uh, once you guys started dating, um, how did the business change for you? Because, I mean, I, I know a few. I knew a few couples that are in the business where they both work and they both travel together a lot. But um, you know, how did how did things change for you? Because um, you know, previously, you know, I, I'm I guess by going by what you're saying, I, I don't think you maybe maybe you were maybe you weren't on the road that much. But you guys are on the road like all the time now. You know how did. How, you know, how did the business change for you guys once you started dating? Um, well, I actually was never on the road. Um, the guy that I had been dating originally, we never left farther than, than Fort Myers, so we didn't we never traveled anywhere. And when Frankie and I started dating, I didn't really go on the road because I was still retraining. So, um, and at, at the time, I had a, a shoot job before, you know, we started doing all this traveling. So at the time, I would just stay home and work and retrain, and he would go on the road and come back. Um, it was like three months in, I think, I started to go to go on the road, and it really opened up my eyes to, like, how different things were. Um, you know, I think the, the first show we went to together was uh, GCW in Alabama, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. I was just like, I'm staying in a hotel and traveling and doing this wrestling, and I'm out of the state of Florida. This is hilarious. You know, like, I never in my life would have seen this. And <laughs> once I started going on the road, I started um, managing him, and it just became a, an every weekend thing. And it, it went from, like, once every month or so or once a weekend to just all the time because we didn't want to be apart. And... It really opened up my eyes because I got a chance to do something that nobody, even retraining, gets a chance to do. Um, you know, in your first couple years of, of training, you don't you don't get the chance to do that and, and learn on the road. And you know, you're in, you're usually in the business for a few years before you get to travel the way we're traveling. So it really, I think I've really been spoiled with it because I get to go on the road and I've I've been able to sit back and watch watch different styles and different people and different matches and meet other people and, you know, train at other places that I never would have, that most people don't get a chance to do when they're training. Um, so I got, I definitely got to be spoiled and, 
train when I was at home with my normal trainer, but then also train and learn the ways of the road on the weekends. I see. The uh, where's uh, so where you know with all the traveling you guys do, where uh, what's your favorite area to to work? And and you know I know that all the different areas have you know their own style. Of course, you know here in Mississippi it's all a very mis uh, a very Memphis style. Um, you know where's your where's your favorite places to work? Um, my favorite is probably. I'd have to say, like, the lower Georgia area, like, the more southern Georgia area and Alabama area, um, mm-hmm. because it's still, like, it's still a million percent real to these people. Like, you can't tell them otherwise. And that's where we actually get to be ourselves, and we have the most fun because we get to we can interact and the, the crowd's not <clears throat> looking for us to do backflips and crazy things because, Frankie and I cannot do that. If anybody who's ever seen us work knows that we don't come off our feet if we don't have to. Like we do everything we can to stay on the ground, and we don't, we can't do fancy stuff to save our lives. So if we get, we're really good at talking and being the bad guy. So being able to to actually do that and and get a crowd reaction and have people actually love watching that, love being a part of the show, is definitely more of my my area of expertise and favorite and that's that's usually the south i mean mississippi is pretty good with it some on occasion it's a hit or miss especially in yeah. Ripley. it's a hit or miss i've come to learn unless you hang neil taylor then it's you know there's no doubt about <laughs> who, they, who they're not fans of <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I remember laying there and laying there and hearing somebody said, "I'm going to get my gun. I'm going to shoot you." And I was thinking, "Oh my god. <laughs> this is fixing to get really bad." Yeah, I remember going I remember you ain't going in Florida out no more. and hearing like hearing yelling and hearing Frankie and Eric yelling at people. And I walked out of the dressing room and I see everyone backing out backwards of the building and I was like, "This can't be good." This this is not ending well. This announcer is actually telling people to get out of the building. And I just remember thinking, we're, we're going to get shot. We're not going to make it out of here. <laughs> well, um, and, and Stormy, I know uh, uh, my buddy Gene, that is the actual host of this show, I know that uh, – uh, I don't think you guys have ever met. I know that he said he had definitely heard of you guys because he's actually over in the Coleman, Alabama area. and. Uh, he and I both are friends with Jack Lord, and I know uh, uh, he had a question or two for you. Gene, are you you still with us? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, very interested in this interview, and then yeah, I'm, I'm good friends with Jack Lord, and uh, done a lot of work with Dan Sawyer and a lot of the guys from GCW, uh, where where you guys are regulars over there. Uh, but yeah, I had a couple of questions that I was specifically interested in your insight on, and I, I guess the first one would be as, as a as a as a woman wrestler, uh, is the consensus that right now is probably the greatest time there's ever been uh, as far as potential and places to go and things to do uh, to be a woman in the professional wrestling business? Like, the sky seems to be the limit more so now than it has ever been in the history of wrestling. Is that kind of how, how women wrestlers feel right now? Because I would think so. I definitely. And, I, I mean, I think wrestling is a – as a whole right now is just taken off 
and it's before you couldn't make an uh, you couldn't make a living on the independent scene. Not many people were making a living unless you were you know a a really big name and you were getting you know a lot of money to go to certain places. But now, for the first time in in a long long time, people are able to to make a living. I mean, this is what Frankie and I do for a living. We don't we don't have so-called, you know, shoe jobs anymore. We're on the road and we're training or doing any something wrestling related all the time. So this is this is our job and this wouldn't have been able to happen years ago. So wrestling as a whole is just head and shoulders about not even, where it has ever not been. Not even five years ago, wrestling, more than likely. Yeah, not even. It, yeah, five years yeah. ago, you wouldn't even, you couldn't even think to look and think that people would be making a living. But Women's wrestling has especially taken off. I mean, there's there's finally women that are able to to do what they do best and that's wrestle in WWE. You know, you don't have the the mod, They're not going after the model types. They're not going after people who have never been in a ring before. They're they're signing women who have been wrestling for years and they're letting women go out and do what they're what they want to do. They're they can go out and wrestle and just not be a popcorn match anymore. You know, it used to be where women would come on, even on, on an independent show, women would come on and that was your popcorn bathroom intermission. And now it's attracting more and more people than, than a lot of the guys' matches are. So now it's, it's a super hot commodity. So I think definitely right now is probably one of the best times to, to be a woman wrestler in quite a long time. Now, on the on the flip side of that, um, talking about a lot of the areas that y'all spend a lot of time in, and being South Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and then parts of Florida, uh, not so much in Florida, but when you come over here to you know Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, things of that nature, um, I, I would have to think something you, you probably run into, or at least I'd be interested in hearing how often you run into it. Um, you being a well-trained women you know woman wrestler who also valets but you know you you can do either one well more often than not a lot of these smaller southern independent shows it's the case of it's a woman who's the valet who they just throw in a match because they taught her a couple (laughs) of bumps before the show started so is that uncomfortable for you a lot of times maybe you're going somewhere new and they go hey we got this woman for you to work and you don't necessarily know what you're getting into. Like, have you have you run into situations where the bell rings and you lock up and you're like, oh crap, this isn't you know, <laughs> you're you're carrying a match with somebody who really doesn't you know isn't up to your standards to be in there with. This is actually my favorite thing to talk about. I always complain about this with Frank, so it's funny that you ask this, but this is always my favorite conversation to have. Um. It's definitely, especially in the smaller and smaller areas, they're, they're, I always enjoy meeting new girls and, and learning new styles. And, you know, every, every new person I can work is something I learn. So I always, I'm always able to learn no matter who I work with. But it's, it's definitely unnerving sometimes not knowing the women that you're in the ring with because there's so many girls that are right now and not pointing to anyone in particular, but there's so many girls right now that are they're doing what, what people call customs, and they're not properly trained. They're trained how to do this kind of ho- real hokey match that it's not a real match. You know, it's just something put together, and 
but someone buys and that's it. So a lot of those girls are now being told that they can wrestle and can work real matches and, and get in there with, with people who know what they're doing. And in some cases you can because if you have someone who's been doing it long enough, they can guide you. But it's very dangerous. And all too often that happens to where it's, especially in the South, we are getting girls like that who have no idea what they're doing. And a lot of times I don't know, if I don't know who a girl is, I try and do as much research on her as I can to kind of get an idea of what I'm going to be in the ring with and what I, what kind of moves I need to know and um, just get a general feel of, of somebody and not being able to find some something on somebody because they're, they are just a valet that's just thrown in there or doesn't really any work, any actual like matches. It's, it's super unnerving. It always, it always kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I, I managed through it. But I having the idea of if I can't find any information on somebody and I can't can't I've never seen of that seen them or I've never heard of them. I have Frank and I have kind of a canned we can't answer for that. We do pretty much the same thing. Um and it's it's a it's a foolproof match that you cannot mess up. And it's safe and easy to guide and easy to to follow so if you're in the ring with somebody who has no idea what they're doing it's super easy to where I'm pretty much in charge of the whole match and mm-hmm. I can slow them down and I can guide them through and talk them through the whole match so I use that with pretty much any of them that I don't know or don't not sure how they are or um, but it, I didn't used to have that match, so it used to be <laughs> a lot more dangerous right. for me. <laughs> but once I started to learn well, that, that match. <laughs> and that's a great advantage of you being the heel because you can naturally lead the match. And then if you get them in there and you see they're they're able to do more than that basic match, then you can kind of loosen the reins and, and throw them a few more spots in there. And if not, then uh, you got a game plan. But, yeah, that's really awesome that y'all constructed something like that to – not only protect you, but, you know, put on the best show possible. Because I know it's got to be frustrating for you to have to dumb down what you can do and you because know, you want to put your best foot forward and have the most entertaining match you can, and then you're handicapped yeah, it, basically by who you're in there with. Exactly. And, you know, it's really sad that a lot of these girl, girls work for free or they work for next to nothing, so it it undercuts a lot of the pros out there who are trying to make a living. Um, and it's I understand where some of them have good intentions, and I understand where some promoters have good intentions and think that it's okay for just this one angle to throw somebody in there. Um, but it, it's really dangerous, and it, it really, one promoter allowing that to happen leads to other promoters thinking it's okay, and, and these girls thinking that they're better than they are or that they're safe and and for girls that are, are pros and that do this for a living, you're, even with a can match, you're putting their, their body at risk and they're, you're putting their livelihood at risk. So, you know, as, as harmless as some of these promoters think it is, it, it has the potential to, to end somebody's career, to, to throw somebody in there that's never been trained, has no idea what they're doing. And not to mention this poor girl that you're throwing in there with some who has no idea what she's doing, she can get hurt. You know, I, at oh, least yeah. I can protect myself from most of the things that could happen. You know, and I know how to, to 
football a certain way or whatever. But these girls who have never been trained before don't know how to do that. So next thing you know, they're falling on their back, breaking their arm, breaking their neck, you know, and then that's a liability. And that's potential for, for me to get sued, for the promoter to get sued, you know. So it's really reckless, and it's, it's really frustrating to, to see how often it happens. And unfortunately, it happens more than not. And a lot of these girls also no-show. You know, they say they're going to be there, and then, you know, example of what happened last night, they say they're going to be there, and then 7 o'clock rolls around, and they're canceling the show. And that's costing right. me money. That's costing me a match. It's, it's, it's costing women who really want to work and want to wrestle. You just cost them their living. You cost them their payday. And that's where I've seen a lot of that happen, where, you know, they've they've got a girl booked, and she may be well-trained or not, who knows, but she no-shows, and then that's when it turns into, well, you know, so-and-so's wife took a bump or two. We did an angle of her two years ago. We'll just throw her in. Yeah, yeah, she slapped the guy once. She knows knows what she's doing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, one more question I wanted to ask, because I know you and Frankie have done a lot of great things together, but as for Stormy Lee as a wrestler, what what up to now? What do you look at as as your greatest opportunity or, or your favorite match that you think, um, you know, if if you want to show somebody one match and say this is what Stormy Lee the wrestler, not the valet or any of that, this is what Stormy Lee is all about. This is my best foot forward. What what match uh, would you say that was? Um, that's a tough one. When I first started retraining and and. I set a goal with Frank and said, a year from now, I want to be, there's, there's a women's promotion called Shine, and it's some of the, the best women in the country, um, and it's in Ybor City, it's once a month, and it's really where Shine and Shimmer are two of the, the top, the highest ranking like women's shows in the country, so your best women in the country are on those shows, so my goal was to, to at least do a tryout match or um, a debut with, with Shine and a year from from that day. So I actually, almost almost to the day, the next year, I had a tryout match and with Maria Maria. And that was a really good match. But I think my, my all-time favorite has to be my Shine match versus Leva. Mm-hmm. She, um, she does a lot of cosplay, so... Leva Bates, who she did blue pants in NXT for a little while. All of her stuff was right. a cosplay. So she she cosplayed as Negan from Walking Dead, and I I love Walking Dead, so I'm I was <laughs> a fan of it before it even started. Um, but it was a match that I really was able just to have fun with and just relax and not be stressed out. And I I did. I don't think I had very many mistakes in it, and it was it it's still a match that I look back at and I always have sent if we need to send a match somewhere that's the one one of the ones that I send because I wasn't high strung I wasn't overthinking I wasn't fear in headlights at all you know it was something I could look at and just go I have evolved so much from last year to this point like this is this match just shows it I've finally gotten to the level that I wanted to be at and now I can start even getting even higher than I am you know I'm not at that plateau level anymore this is my next step well that's awesome I mean and and that's when 
when all that falls into place, that's when you really can then hone in and focus on learning that storytelling aspect of the business and expanding out from there. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. that's, that's really cool that you set goals and, and, you know, achieve them one step at a time like that. Cause that's really the only way to be successful in anything. Oh yeah. Well, well I see, you know, uh, I was breathing heavy. Yeah, I see. <laughs> the uh, I, I I see this Friday you definitely uh, you definitely want to to bring the can match out this Friday. Uh, it looks like you're going one on one with Malaya Hosaka who uh, was in WCW and done a host of things uh, at a big show up in Murfreesboro. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit a little bit about the showdown for special needs? Yeah. So um, this Friday at the National Guard Armory in Murfreesboro. It, best of the Best Wrestling presents Showdown for Special Needs. Um, most of the profits from the show go to a special needs charity. So it, that alone is a plus in, in getting people to go. You know, that's something I always want to go and support a charity. So I, we love working shows that we can do that and have fun, give a good crowd, and give to a charity. Um, but the Lambinos. Francisco Chiazzo and Anthony Gennetti and the Barbarians. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. There's so many people in this match. <laughs> so the Barbarians and the Slambinos are taking on Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, Chase Stevens, and St. King Shane Williams in an eight-man tag. And that alone is going to be a great show, great oh, wow. match to see. I mean, Absolutely. all of these guys are, are pros, and they're all great in the ring. They all, all know how to tell that story that we were talking about earlier. Um, so that's going to be a great, great main event. Um, you mentioned me taking on Malaya Hosaka, and I – this is one of my actual favorite people to work because Malaya is, like you said, she's – former WCW champion. She's been around the world and back. She's been to Japan. She's done, I mean, amazing things in her career. And she's one that you just can't help but learn from. So I definitely have have my uh, <laughs> work cut out for me with her. Um, but this, it's going to be an absolutely incredible show. You know, we got Tracy Smothers is going to be there. Um, a whole host of people and just incredible, incredible stars and this show always draws an insane amount of people, and it's it's just a good old-fashioned wrestling show, and it's it's fun. It's good for the whole family. It's nothing to where you can't bring your family. It's not some a bar show where you're you're afraid to bring your kids to, or you know you're you can't bring your grandma to it because you're afraid what's going to be said or what's going to be done. You know, one of those shows that are that are fun, but you know it's kind of. Uh, well, I don't know if I can bring my grandma to this. <laughs> yeah. But this one's yeah. an all-around family show, and it's everybody is incredible. Everybody on the show is is worth the price of admission alone. Even just even just meeting these guys is is worth the price of admission. Um. So, and they're all they're all pros, and it's it. They did one in January. It was called Fight for the Mind, and it went to an Alzheimer's Association, and that that show was incredible, and this one we have learned all of the mistakes from that happened that show, and 
have evolved with that. So this one is just going to be incredible. There's not going to be, there's no stop, no stopping, no telling where this is going to be. And it's going to be on iPay-Per-View on Fight TV app as well. So if you can't see it in person, you can order it on Fight TV. That's awesome. Well, um, I wish you guys the best. That that definitely sounds like a show to be at. Uh, So uh, anybody listening that's in the Murfreesboro area, make sure and check that that show out this Friday, April the 21st. It's at the National Guard Armory in Murfreesboro. You can uh, get some more details on that at bestofthebestwrestling.com. And uh, make sure and definitely go by and check that out. It sounds like it's going to be a huge show with a lot of stars. Um, well, Stormy Lee, I just want to say I appreciate uh, checking in with us tonight here in this late night hour. <laughs> Being one of the uh, being one being one of the tough people and sticking it out. It's uh, um, I appreciate you uh, appreciate you joining us and, and talking to us a little bit. And uh, I know you and I will cross paths again here pretty soon. So um, looking oh, yeah. forward, or maybe or maybe not forward to that. <laughs> well, thank thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed it and look forward to doing it again. And look forward to maybe seeing you again sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. thank you, ma'am. It was definitely a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I hope I get the pleasure of meeting uh, you and Frankie both uh, this come upcoming year at a show somewhere. So, <laughs> thanks again, and uh, well. you tell Frankie we're going to get him on here soon as well. I will. He he'll he's looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Have a thank good night. So much. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. All right, All right. Well, Stormy Lee, what a great guest! Uh, absolutely, and it was cool to, uh, like I said, you know, I've had the show going for years, and uh, there's been a couple of women's wrestlers that uh, were scheduled to be on, and kind of like uh, Stormy was talking about happened last night in Georgia, they uh, they no showed the the day of the show, so uh, Stormy <laughs> was the first, and it was cool to get some insight uh, from a female wrestler, and and I really was looking forward to her answering the the questions I asked because I do feel like. Uh, if you're a, a female in the wrestling business, uh, the right now is, is definitely the time to be here, right? I mean, have you ever known there'd be more opportunity for a woman wrestler than there is right now? Never, but you know, it's, it's kind of the, uh, something else you guys touched on a little bit, you know, it's bringing, you know, ladies out of the woodwork, both good and bad. Oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> so it's, oh yeah. You know, I, I feel for it, man. Like I like, I, I really do. Yeah, you know, it seems like um, you get three times more bad than you do good, so that's that's unfortunate. But you're you're absolutely right. It seems like you know, with the the way things have have kicked up a notch with with the ladies, you know, female wrestling, and I mean they're headlining pay per views and Monday Night Raw and stuff now. So you know, that's 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 awesome that it's took up like it is. And I'll be honest, you know, I've never been a big fan of of ladies wrestling, you know, until recently, you know, I think Charlotte's phenomenal. I think, um, yeah. uh, Bailey is probably one of my favorites, you know, and pretty much primarily talking about WWE. So, um, but yeah, they've, they've come in their own. It's, it's become a big deal. You know, it's, it's, it's become something to watch. Yeah. Unless you, unless you need Nia Jax to catch you, it's a great time to be a woman wrestler. In <laughs> oh WWE. my God. Poor Charlotte. Ooh. My God, I'd have went to SmackDown too after that. <laughs> oh my Lord, I would have went home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ooh. 
Yeah, I'm out. I'll let him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you're the you're the only player. I'm I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I, man. I, I saw. I, I didn't actually see that live. I saw a clip of that on YouTube, and I was just like, "Holy Christ!" That. Whew. That's all my, that's I was sitting here that's... watching it and, and doing something else at the same time, and I just happened to look up just as that was happening. I was like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. It looked terrible. almost – yeah, it looked almost as bad as that bump that uh, Lita took. You know what she – I think she broke her neck. Or she almost it looked almost as bad as when Braun Strowman flipped the Roman Reigns off the ramp with the with – the, uh, stretcher in the same show and he wasn't even actually attached to that stretcher for real so <laughs> i only imagine how bad this was but um so you know there's those i know of at least a handful of people for a fact that uh, are listening to this uh, right now who not only wanted to hear our conversation with stormy lee but they also wanted to hear uh what we have to say about friday night's big event in amory mississippi so not to disappoint them uh, let's let's talk about it. What do you what do you, what's what's your take on all that? Well, you know, I don't. <laughs> I guess we can look at this several different ways. Um, it was a great night. Well, go uh, go from the kayfabe direction first, and let's work our way back. Well, I, I guess. Well, in a nutshell, let's. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to recut the intro to this show. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, it's it took the entire. But look at it. Uh, look at this way. It took the entire Lawler family, a Hollywood celebrity, and a god awful referee to beat us. I mean, yeah. I mean, all they needed was Kevin Lawler in a padded, you know, yellow jacket suit, and they'd have had all of them. You know, it would have been every one of them. Exactly. You had Jerry Lawler there. You had Brian Lawler there. Then you got uh, Scotty Swartz from the. Christmas Story movie who got involved with our manager Jimmy is this terrible. I, I like to say it. So we got Rob. So you know, there's always room to to come back from that. Uh, so from uh, from the wrestling perspective of it, that, that's that's what you get from us on that. Is it took four people to beat us, and uh, that's that's what happened. Now. Uh, backing up from that, uh, if we're going to be serious for a minute, to quote Lance Stormer, um, <laughs> one of the most fun nights I've, I've ever had in wrestling, and, and it'll honestly be moving forward probably one of my my favorite memories from a wrestling show, and and not just about the obvious goal of getting to wrestle my hero Jerry Lawler. I mean that's obviously cool, but there were a million other reasons why it was just a it was just a fun it was just a cool fun night all the way around. And uh, you had mentioned this earlier when we were swapping a couple of texts. But, uh, you know, I haven't got to do this very much uh, in the last several months to a year. And uh, just me and you sitting at the gimmick table out there in the hallway, (laughs) (laughs) that's all we did all night. That was was worth the drive to Amory because I had had a blast doing that, you know. (laughs) Yeah. That's – you know, and that's something that's always that's become fun. You know, even when you know we, you and I, kind of went our separate ways a few years ago, is to sit at a gimmick table and just watch the people that come to these shows and 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 hear some of the things they say and some of the questions they ask and. <laughs> I mean, so oh wow! I mean, I mean, it's hilarious. 
so you alluded to this at the top of the show. So, so Neil gets there. I didn't, I didn't bring any gimmicks or anything with me. That was short-sighted, I guess, but I didn't. Uh, so Neil gets there and he starts unpacking his stuff and he's got his t-shirts and he's got his Memphis heat DVDs and he's got the various, uh, Neil Taylor promo pictures. And then he has this one, one picture in particular, uh, that was that was supposed to be a rib on me. Well, it was a rib on me when it happened, and then now five years later, it's a rib on me in, in picture form. But uh, so we wrestled this tag team match at, a, at the bar over there, and I don't even know exactly how this even happened. All I know is I think I got rolled up and pinned, or I got beat, and I'm laying on the mat, you know, face down on the mat, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I felt myself. <laughs> In an unfamiliar predicament, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> my, my tag team partner has now mounted me on the mat, and I turn around and look, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Legit. And Neil's laughing because it's just a rib. But there was somebody at ringside that snaps a picture at this critical moment. <laughs> so of the picture of this match, this is the last one. And so – me not giving a shit and thinking it was funny, I stuck it on my Facebook, and it's been there forever. And so uh, Neil takes this picture and goes to, what was it, Office Max or Staples yeah. or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, he gets this, he, he turns us into a promo picture, and he puts the Locals of the Legends logo, and he puts my name and his name and the website and all that on there. And he pulls out a stack of about six or eight of them at least. And uh, sets them down on the table. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, and, and so he laughed. He goes, I was just to rib you but he leaves them on the table and so uh people start coming in and there's this kid how old do you think that kid was i'm terrible at guessing Prob- maybe may, maybe 10 or 11 maybe <laughs> <laughs> so, so this 10 year old kid we'll say 11 just to make ourselves feel better uh and his dad <laughs> walk up to the table and they survey the table and they look at the t-shirts and they look at the dvd and they look at all the pictures on the table and i guess because me and him are sitting there together I, i'm just gonna only hope and assume that's the reason uh neil's like well, which picture do you want and he points right at that one and i go really you want that one and he goes and the dad goes yeah yeah he can get both of you to sign it and he whips his money out and so <laughs> Neil is, like, kind of waiting like he thinks it's going to be, like, I've turned the rib around on him and had somebody come up and ask for this picture. But it wasn't. It was legit. So, Neil signs the picture, and I sign the picture, and my wife, Rosie's looking over my shoulder, just her mouth wide open, like, oh, my God, is this really happening? And uh, they take the picture, and they're happy as hell, and they stroll on into the the, the building there to go have a seat. And so, no, they go, well, don't. who's the rib on now there, Neil? <laughs> No, you forgot one part. He actually turned right. around, had his picture, had his picture taken with us, and I actually oh, yeah. thought he was fixing to set on your knee there for a second. <laughs> no, that wasn't going to happen. I turned out to yeah, I didn't want him carrying that picture around, then showing a picture on my knee because that yeah. So yeah, he did in fact uh, take a picture with us, as did several other people. Uh, but one kid, uh, who I, which I thought was pretty hilarious, this one kid walks up to the table, and he flips his phone open, and he said, can I take a picture of you guys? And Neil goes, well, do you want to come around and take a picture with us? And he goes, no. <laughs> Snaps the picture and walks away. <laughs> me, me, and, me and you are sitting there doing our best dynamic dudes pose. <laughs> Snaps it and walks off. 
Yeah, like, yeah. no, I don't want anybody to see me with you guys. This is a throw darts at later. <laughs> yeah, really. This is, uh, yeah, this is to go on some kind of, <laughs> some kind of, yeah, you're right, throw darts at or something. But perhaps the, our greatest our greatest example of teamwork all night, far better than anything we we pulled off in the ring during this match. Um, as we're as we're sitting down there at our table that, that's full of Neil's gimmicks, at least um, I may not have had the foresight to bring any, but I did have the foresight to have a tag team partner that did. We look down <laughs> to the other end of the hall, and they're oh sitting at a <laughs> a completely empty, bare naked table with nothing on it. No fans around, although, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, he did just have a few people at his table a few moments prior. But we looked down there, and Derek King is sitting at the table by himself playing on his phone, and Neil goes, oh, my God, he looks like Virgil down there. And I'm like, holy shit, you're right. So I grab my phone up real quick, snap a picture before anybody else can walk up to his table. And, of course, I make a meme of it and stick it on Facebook. So we have to both take credit for that. When Neil spotted it, he called it. I took the picture and I put it on. So that was that was classic teamwork from uh, from Southern Destruction <laughs> of the local legends or whatever the hell you want to call it these days. Uh, yeah. but everybody had a good laugh at that, and it got quite a few likes on both Facebook and uh, Instagram. So I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> yeah, it really did, and that was <laughs> poor Derek will never live that down <laughs> because there was a ton of people. There was a ton of people from Memphis liked that thing too. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was That's so that, awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bless his heart. And I was hastily trying to trying to type it up and get it posted before he got like got up and walked down towards us, and I didn't realize until like this morning uh, when somebody had liked it, it popped up at the top of my timeline. That I actually misspelled superstar. There's like an extra T in there that nobody's called me out on. I guess they're too busy laughing at him to realize that I botched the the typing of superstar. Or maybe that adds to it. I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, it was it was quite fun. And I was hoping Neil wouldn't get an extra stiff super kick out of it, but it didn't appear that he did. So win win for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, I don't like the whole night. I mean, it's it's just kind of kind of a surreal thing because I mean, you're like me and Neil back tagging together for the first time in years, and we're we're getting a tag against Lawler and and Derrick King. And like I say, everybody everybody knows that Jerry Lawler's been a hero of mine since I was a small child, and Neil as well. And uh, Derrick King is somebody that I've been a fan of. I mean, we pretty much worked the same amount of time, but since the first time I saw him in the ring in Corinth, dressed like Shawn Michaels, uh, getting backdropped 12 feet in the air, smiling from the t- opening bell to the last, screaming <laughs> like a girl. I've, I've been a huge fan of Derrick King, and I've got huge respect for the man. And even more so uh, after Friday night, watching him in there, uh, trying to sit down with the guys and talk to him about their match and try to help them out. I mean, and, you know, whether they're asking for it or whether they're even receptive to it or not, he still takes the time to do it. And I, I have a huge amount of respect for that. So, getting Albert and having Jimmy in our corner, I mean, God, we got so much history with Jimmy. Uh, and Jimmy's a friend. And, I mean, I know Jimmy from back when me and him would stand in line together to get tickets to WCW pay-per-views back in the, the early 90s when they first started coming to the Tupelo Coliseum. That's actually the first time I ever met Jimmy Blaylock. But, uh, so, all that mixed together and jd in the ring my god all the history of neil taylor and gene jackson with jd mckay uh the whole nother podcast in itself 
so all that tied together with uh, my dad was there, my brother, uh, my little niece and nephew, and my sister-in-law. Uh, one of my best friends from college, Mike, was there. So, uh, And then all the Neils family was there. So it was just, I don't know, it was just really cool all the way around. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you've got, you know, the kid from uh, – Christmas story that we've all seen, you know, a thousand times. Uh, you have to. If you have a television on in your house on Christmas, you've seen this movie. Everybody has. <laughs> There's nobody that hasn't seen this yeah, movie. Exactly. And so to have him involved in our match was just kind of, you know, crazy and surreal and fun. And uh and then and then you got Grandmaster running in at the end unannounced. So just just a really uh just really cool. Like it all just came together to be just a really fun night. And I don't know why, like I was not nervous at all as I sometimes get before matches. Like, uh, it was just laid back and called it all in the ring and it was just super easy, but it got over with the fans and, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it and from the promoter and, and everyone else, um, that I've, that I've talked to. So, so what was your, your take on it, Neil? Well, you know, it's kind of a similar story to what you just said. You know, we had had done tag matches for so long, myself being a huge Jerry Lawler fan. And, you know, even though I've, you know, worked with him several times, it's always exciting to get to work with your hero. Um, You know, and then, you know, some of your best friends, like you just said, you know, with with you being my tag partner again and then, you know, working with Derek and having Jimmy in the corner. And then, you know, you got, like you said, we've got tons of history with JD, you know, um, just, uh, just a really Jack's cool night. And I had, uh, yeah, Jack's ringing out. And he actually wrote down the show with me. And, uh, for those of you, of you that don't know who Jack's is, he's actually the guy that does our, <laughs> our, uh, show intro and, uh, the ads and stuff that we do. Um, it, it was just a lot of fun. I had a, a ton of family that showed up unexpectedly to me, I knew that uh, my mom and and a couple of my sister and her and my brother-in-law were coming, but um, they brought like 14 other people with them. It was a huge (laughs) crowd. Um, My little first cousin, (laughs) I've got to tell you this, or you'll get a kick out of this. We, um, uh, my aunt and uncle brought my first cousin, who is uh, just a little bit over two. Uh, yeah. They wanted to make sure and bring him to the show and get it. They wanted his picture taken with Jerry Lawler. So at the end of the show, I tried to hustle back out and get him so we could come back down in the dressing room and take a picture. Well, I grab um, I grab my, my little cousin up, and we take off down the stairs, back around through the little hallway thing. We make the corner, and there's the king, buck naked. <laughs> so I just look at my cousin, and I'm like, well, I'm like, well, Gibbs, you got a story before you ever even realized that you just saw Jerry yeah. Lawler butt naked. <laughs> anyway, so we come back up the stairs and wait a second or two for, for Jerry to get his clothes on, and then we come back down and take the picture. But, yeah, that was pretty funny, too. <laughs> and I, I well, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't nearly it. eventful for as eventful for him, but it, I took a picture on the side of the ring with him as well. And of course, I was I was fully clothed, but that won't be near the story it was meeting <laughs> Lawler. <so. laughs> yeah, I loved his little real deal T-shirt though. That was awesome. Oh yeah, we uh, we actually had that one. Yeah, I had to have that one special made. It just came in uh, Friday in time for the show. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I had a ton of family there. I knew that a few folks were coming, but I didn't know. 
as many people were coming. So it was just uh, just a good night, a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I got a, I got an especially big kick out of uh, um, of uh, Scotty uh, Schwartz being in in as part of the match. Uh, you know, the guy from uh, Flick from the Christmas Story, because I've watched that movie my entire life. You know, and then oh, you know you're working with you know you're working with a legitimate Hollywood star. You know, and um, it's. You know, that was a lot of fun, and I know Jimmy loved every minute of it. And that was actually the first time he's ever been involved in a wrestling match. I know he and Jerry are real good <laughs> friends, but he had never been involved in a wrestling match, and this was the very first time that ever happened. So uh, he was and he got excited, excited because <laughs> because the spot was going to be, you know, they, uh, Lawler pushes Jimmy over his back, and then uh, – you know, Scotty was going to put a couple of boots to him, and, and you know, that was going to be that. Scotty puts about eight boots to him and then commits to dropping elbows on him. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped, like, I, three I, elbows. I mean, you were standing there looking like, uh, King, we're going to have to take his ass out because we were standing here dick in hand looking like goose, you know, and finally yeah. Jimmy just rolled on out. But I, I got – I was trying not to, lie, like, visibly laugh because – you know, Lawler said, oh, you know, put a couple of boots to him. And then, you know, and then he commits to just tap dancing on Jimmy. And then, cause then when he started dropping elbows, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so that would be something funny I'll always remember. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. And um, he, uh, he, he actually added me on Facebook yesterday. And um, I had that picture that we take, that we took in the dressing room, you know, with, with him and with all mm-hmm. of us. And I sent it to him, and I said, uh, "I said thank you for the ad, and, and thank you for getting to work with you. I thought you might want a little small souvenir of your first night in the wrestling business." And uh, <laughs> it was within it, within five minutes, he replied back and thanked me, and 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 uh, thank he said thank all the guys for letting me be a part of it. It was so much fun and something I've always wanted to do. So, you know, he uh, legitimately a great guy. He was super. Uh, Super nice to everybody, you know. When he didn't have to be, you know, he's in the oh, yeah. he's in a dressing room and he's in a dressing room in North Mississippi with a bunch of people, bunch of nobodies, you know. He don't he didn't have and, to. Do and that, he acted like he was more excited than anybody else to be there. Is oh what my! Was, what was he, cool about it? Yeah, you know, he was exactly. He was over the moon exactly. when he come back, you know, from getting to do that. And and I was even more excited. I mean, I I, I thought the whole Christmas story thing was really cool, but. When I was a kid, we had Cinemax, and uh, I used to watch that that movie, The Toy, with Richard Pryor, like three, four times a week. I've literally probably seen it, you know, forty, fifty times, and it didn't occur to me that that he's the kid in that movie, the main role in that movie. So I was marking out for that even. Man, once I looked at them, once I looked at the picture, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously I've seen him. So I, that aspect of it, I thought was pretty cool too, because me being such a huge Huge fan of comedy. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of Richard Pryor. So anybody that had a chance to be in a movie with him, anytime you can work with somebody that's got an IMDb page, you know they're a pretty big deal. So. <laughs> oh yeah, and he, um, yeah, I never, I've never even seen that movie. So I've, I've, I'm making it a point to uh, try to look that movie up and, and watch that. I've never, I've never seen it. Yeah, make sure you check it out. Yeah, it's, it's a funny movie, and like I say, it'll, it'll be even more uh, interesting for you having having worked with him so but you know oh, yeah. I, I just want to say you know uh, for my part uh, thanks to to OWO and to Dirty uh for making all that happen um you know I, I 
like I said, I haven't done much wrestling and really, really technically not really supposed to that much. But uh, when when I was pitched the idea of what the match would be and where, uh, there was there was no way uh, it, if I'd have had to been sick or whatever the hell would have had to happen, I was I was going to make that show and do the, and do that match. And uh, my old nephew Russell, who's a wrestling fan now, had a ball, and then he you know he was couldn't believe his uncle gene is in the ring with jerry lawler and uh so that was that made it all worthwhile right there that was really cool so and like i say having all been there to see it and uh not something you get to do all the time you know all the matches we ever had you know there wasn't many times that we had that much family out in the crowd and it was cool getting to see your mom yeah. and your sister again i've I seen your mom a couple times during the iwf run but i, I hadn't seen stacy in forever so that was cool too yeah it's it's hard to believe now that she's she's married. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, still I know hard that blows my mind. I, when I seen that on Facebook, I'm like, man, I, I just feel older and older all the time. Like little Stacy's married. I mean, I still think of her as you know, <laughs> little Stacy out there at, at ringside or seeing them at your uh, at your grandparents' house over there. So yeah, and of course my brother sitting out there with a wife and two kids. Uh, I know probably does the same for you, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know you probably think of him as a little wit that used to ride in the back of the seat with us to shows every now and again and run the video camera. Yeah, the uh, you know, poor wit being the uh, being the being the cameraman for the the infamous skins beat down. <laughs> get to see that. Yeah, he was. I'm I'm going to try to get him. Uh, he listens to the show every week, usually live. I, th- I think he told me he hasn't missed one so far. Bless his heart. He's probably the only one that's that's called every one. Uh, but I'm gonna try well, to get, I'm gonna awesome. try to get him to Thank call you. in sometime. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. But I'm gonna try to get him to call in sometime and uh, see what interesting insights he has uh, from his end of indie wrestling and getting to go to shows with us when he was when he was young in comparison to you know what he was a fan of at the time and all that and. You know, we might not make a whole show out of it, but I, I think it'd be kind of interesting just to hear his take on that. And, uh, you know, because he, he went to a lot of them, them old uh, bad boy promotion shows and a lot of the old stuff when we were young. And bringing that up is a perfect segue, I guess, to go ahead and mention uh, that next week here on uh, here on the show uh, is a show I'm, I'm super excited about as well. I know I know I say that almost every week, but we've just had some really awesome shows lately. But uh, next week we're going to have the Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio Southern Destruction Reunion of sorts because Bad Attitude Tony Dabs <clears throat> is going to be on the show live uh, next Saturday night. And, you know, me and you talk about uh, the history that we have together. Uh, we both have a lot of history with Tony Dabs, you know, together and separately so uh i'm really looking forward to that there's gonna be a lot of great stories we'll get to share next week absolutely and you know he's um tony's one that got me in the business basically so it should be a lot of fun a lot of crazy stories a lot of a lot of stories from parties and i'm sure we'll probably bring up uh uh gene jackson and the blue dog i hope oh Um, jesus well (laughs) Fair enough. Just remember, there's, there's those stories work both ways. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, they're like I say he's Tony Dabs has seen us at our best in in 
some of our worst as well, <laughs> and we can say the same oh, for him. Uh, and then, we'll, uh, we'll hope it don't turn into a southern street fight next, <laughs> next Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, it'll go 45 minutes, so... <laughs> I was hoping you remember that. I was going to just wait and see if you went there. That's awesome. But, yeah, me and Neil used to rib Tony because every time Tony would grab the mic to set up a rematch of any sort, he would always, always, always set up a Southern street fight. Even if the promoter hadn't called for it, he still would say it. And uh, there were a couple of times in Saltillo where me and Neil was standing up on that up top up there where you could look down. And this is looking back, man, I want to tell you, I've said this before, uh, but looking back, like me and you did some really shitty stuff <laughs> from God, a professional perspective, you know, because uh, we would do that. We'd be standing up there and like Tony's on the mic trying to legitimately set up a match. And he's like, let me tell you something. Next time we come here and me and they'll both scream the top along the same time, Southern Street Fight, which just brought the whole promo to a screeching halt that we thought was the funniest <laughs> damn thing. Well, it was. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> and yeah, we'll see if, if Tony wants to tell the the forty five minute story himself. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing I would always work. Because I, I spent as much time going against Tony as I did teaming with him, and so I would always try to work that into a promo to pop Neil and and whoever Kilgore. <laughs> if Kilgore was listening, yeah, I'd throw in you know. 45-minute time limit or whatever, because everybody pretty much knew about that. Ah, damn, that's yeah, somebody I wish be. we could get on here, too. If we could get Kilgore on here, that would be a hell of a oh, show my as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be – that would – yeah, that would be the show of all shows, I think. Uh, Unfortunately, he's, my, went, he's went back into hiding. <laughs> Nobody yeah, he's radio him. silent I, again. Uh yeah, oh, Lord, he's like DB. Kilgore like seemingly goes into wrestling witness protection, and they like every three years or so. So, who knows where yeah. he may turn up again? If, I keep thinking on one of these big shows where they booked a name because you know that was what brought him out the one time they had that big show at the uh, at the what you call it up there where they did where y'all did all the IWS stuff. What's the name of the place? Um, oh, uh, Good Time Charlie's. No, not Good Time Charlie's, the other one, the the one that looked like a halfway house the last time we went there. Um, were the original oh, out of the uh, uh, The, uh, uh, crap. Well, now I don't feel so the, bad if you Sal- can't think of it. Salvation either. Army Community Center. Salvation Army, yes. There was some big show book there. It may have even been the one where Lawler and all them, I don't know. But I just know Chris just, like, appeared out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, he went from nobody knew where he was to where he was doing – IWF, he was doing OWO, he was doing All Pro for Joel, and it was everywhere. And then all of a sudden, boom, poof, he's gone again. So, if you know where Chris Kilgore is, uh, call in, let us know. We'll we'll put the search out for him <laughs> and get him on the show. So, uh, Saturday night, I went to New South's Alpha Fight Two down here in Harsel, and uh, it was a tremendous show. Michael Elgin and Odinson nearly literally tore the damn ring down. They had a hell of a match. And, uh, man, those guys, I wish you could come uh, come over here. Well, I wish you'd been over here last night. You could have did commentary with me because uh, my other commentary partner was out sick. Uh, Donnie Primetime ended up filling in, and he did a great job. But, uh, yeah, I'd love for you to come check out one of them shows, man, because they, they, they're putting on, you know, some of the best shows in the state right now. 
Well, that's that's awesome. Maybe uh maybe we'll get booked to do it because you know I, I guess now that we're you know we were tag we were a tag team uh we were tag team wrestling partners. Now we're broadcast partners. So maybe uh <laughs> maybe we can book. Well, that's to, what you uh, do when you get older, right? You, you make that shift into the broadcast booth. Hey, that's it. That's somebody asked me why I was doing this a while back, and I'm like, hey, this is my out, brother. <laughs> this is how I'm gonna scratch right. that itch every once in a while and be done with it. There you go. I mean, as long as as long as we can uh, be entertaining on here, and you know, and and as uh, as Derek King so nicely uh, was telling the the one wrestler in the dressing room of the night, basically, basically, in not so many words, was you know saying that you know we were the shits in the ring and we were only in the main event because we could talk and be entertaining. And I don't argue that point at all. I mean, I'm not going to speak on your behalf because I mean you can wrestle, but I mean me, <laughs> I, I, I have. I have no qualms with with admitting that no, I've, I'm not in in any match ever because I can wrestle. I'll just you know hopefully entertain somebody with my stupid shenanigans. Um, but it, it uh, you know I, I think it translates pretty well to a podcast. Yeah, it well it felt good to you know to to have him interject you know our view and 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 maybe throw a little knowledge out there too and. You know, I, yeah. I, I that made, that made me feel good. It really did. It did because I, I, you know, there's moments where I want to go over there and and talk to guys, and then I'm like, well, who the fuck am I to tell anybody anything? And then and then I don't sometimes. And uh, you know, they asked me to do that at Pro South a lot, and I did. Uh, but around there, like you know, I just pop up from time to time. So I'll be like, who's this, this fat bastard? Thing he's gonna come tell me how to how to wrestle, you know? And so I just. Let's let's call it upon like Derek did for us. And like you said, that was cool. And again, uh, anytime when I see a guy like Derek doing that, I'm always impressed. And that's why I said what I said to that dude. I don't know. And I don't know him from Adam. I just know he looks just like Jim Norton. Um, and you saw the pictures <laughs> to prove it. And I know Barry Wolf can appreciate it because he's a fan of Jim Norton. But uh, you know, I, that's why I interjected that. Like, look, man, because he looked really bummed out. Like he looked like he was taking offense to some of the things Derek was saying. And that's why I said it. Like, look, man. You know, you should appreciate this. You should be thankful that this man gives enough of a shit about the business to take the time to sit over here and tell you this stuff. And honestly, I do feel like if somebody would have pulled me and you aside when we thought that our shit didn't stink and nobody could do anything better than us and set us down and we're like, hey, you do this well, but this is the shits, and if you put this here instead of there, it would make you better. Uh, you know, we could have grown quicker and, and been better at what we did a hell of a lot sooner if somebody would have took the time to do that. Now, in our case, I don't know who was around a lot of the time who would have even been the one to do that because uh, a, yeah. a lot of the vets that were around us didn't seem to grasp psychology oh, a lot better than we did, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I can imagine taking advice from Super Destroyer or Dago <laughs> or, you know, some of that damn bunch, you know. If you guys want to get over, you need to get four more gimmicks and have, you know, five matches a night and then eventually – and, you know, that's what I understand is I don't know how long that guy had wrestled, but I know it had been a while. In most shows, he was working two and three times under two or three different gimmicks. How could you not get better just simply through osmosis – of that amount of time spent in the ring, other than you're not in there with people who are any better than you, so where are you going to learn it? But looking back on well, that, like some of those guys, I mean, and I ain't trying to be mean, but even say like a like a David Cox and and a few other people, I won't say their name just to be nice, but 
how the hell have you wrestled literally like 20 and 25 years or more, and you are no better now than when we were in the ring with them 15 years ago? You know, it's you know, mind-boggling. I, I honestly don't know that. I, I just, you know, because, I mean, as, as you're more exposed to different, <laughs> you know, as you're more exposed to wrestling, you're going to learn something. I mean, hell, different people are going to come through the dressing room if you stay in the same town forever, and you're going to hear stuff yeah. here and there. I don't, I don't get, I don't get how you know you can. Yeah, I don't get how you can be around that long and not know. I mean, absolutely nothing any more than you did, uh, obviously, since the day you started. It's yeah, it's it's crazy and it's mind-boggling and in, in ways it's kind of depressing. Um, yeah, some of these shows that I've done, and I'm not talking about any that I've done uh, very recently, but when I when I had went away for all those years, and then I came back to Mississippi and started wrestling again, it was kind of sad. Like at first, it was like cool because I'm like, hey, I'm back with everybody, and you know, and that's cool. But in a way, it was sad as I would watch some of the shows, and I'm like, it's like time has stood still. Like in some cases, it's same guys having the same matches, making the same mistakes they were ten years prior when I left. I'm you know, sorry. and I wasn't a hell of a lot better, I don't guess, because <laughs> I hadn't been in the ring that whole time. But I had, I sure as hell watched and studied a million and one hours worth of wrestling, and simply just through studying it like schoolwork, I was better than when I left from a psychology standpoint. But God dang, man! I mean, some of them, like I say, some of them guys, this is like. Well, they're still doing it, but they're, I mean, nothing's changed. Like, literally, nothing has changed. And I don't want to bury anybody by saying their name, but I mean, you can guess who a lot of them was and <laughs> is and still are. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, how have you not found a new damn hobby by now? Fucking go fish or something. Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not making reference to Brian Sofine because he's the only one that left to go but Brian understood psychology better than any of us, so certainly not referring to him at all. That's the truth. But, yeah, I don't. The Bill Dance of professional wrestling. <laughs> Brian's so fine. Speaking of that. Puts, he's posting big-ass bass pictures all the time. Yeah, speaking of that, I hate. Um, I absolutely hate that I missed your dad. And if anybody that don't get don't get the joke there, your dad is is big into bass fishing and all that. Or is, yeah. is he still doing that? Or oh hell yeah, man! Uh, you know he's retired, <laughs> so he can fish all he wants now. And God bless, he's had shoulder surgeries and you know leg surgery. He's had just you know he's the ten million dollar man at this point, but he still goes and and because the reason he had the two the shoulder surgeries is is for all the years of casting those. I mean, the, the doctor told him is like that that repetitive motion. You have wore the socket yeah. out in your shoulder, and uh, and wow. that's why he had to have a full shoulder replacement. But he still does it, and he still loves it. He don't quite do it, you know, from daylight till after dark like he used to. He's he's slowed down on that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he's still doing it, and yeah, and then they all, of course, everybody said tell you hey, and then they hate they missed you as well, but they understood, you know, yeah. how how it is at the end of those. It's it's frantic, and it was all I could do to run out there and catch everybody before they left. But <clears throat> I wanted to wanted to catch them and then get a get a picture with everybody in the old wrestling gear in case I don't 
wear it again. Who knows? I'm, I'm not going to be that guy to say, oh, I'm never going to wrestle again. And then Dirty calls me and, well, Waller's coming back and you and Neil are going to have a rematch with, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that there'll be another one. So who knows? I want to make sure I yeah. did it up right the, the time I, I had the chance. Absolutely. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully somewhere down the line we'll, we'll get us another tag match with with somebody. I don't I don't know who that would be, but it would be fun. I don't know, like it'd be fun, I think, for us to wrestle Tony and somebody or what. You know, I really hated like me and you had fun uh, wrestling each other on Sammy's memorial show, but I really, really, really wanted me and you and Tony to wrestle like. Chris, Josh, and somebody, you know, like, yeah. I really pushed for that and wanted that to happen, um, and it did. And then, like I say, we had a fun little match, and, and uh, you know, I, I think what we did was, was cool. It was definitely a Sammy Hall match in reverse all the way. Oh, so yeah. I, I love that, and it'll always be a great memory that we got to do that. But I really, really wish that either me and you could wrestle Chris and Josh or me, you, and Tony wrestle Chris, Josh, and whoever, but. Uh, who knows? Somewhere down the line, some combination of all of us may end up in there one more time. But uh, yeah, it's coming so. July, man. I'm going to be 40. So I always told myself wow. I would never wrestle after 40. But then again, I was in a ring with a guy that's 60 something um, <laughs> Friday night, and he's doing okay. But then yeah. again, you know, I'm not a big enough star to just show up and only do what I want to do. So I don't know. Yeah. His payday might have been a little better than ours, too, though, so. What? It better not have been. <laughs> Dude, I, this is probably too much to say on a damn podcast, but who cares? I so just wanted to be a dick when we all walked up in the circle together, me, you, Jimmy, Jerry, and Derek. And when, when Lawler went, well, what are we going to do for a finish? I, I swear I started to go, so who's going over? <laughs> You should have. <laughs> I started to, but I was like, ah, nah. We had already fought. I already fucked with Derek so hard all night. I didn't, I didn't want to press my luck any more than I already had. But of course, I mean, those guys are pros. I, I didn't feel a thing through that whole match. It was, uh, like I said, probably the easiest match I've ever I've ever been in. I don't know I, I, that one that one spot. You know where we were both in the corner there at the finish. Yeah. And, Derek's punching you and Jerry's punching me and he just keeps punching me and he's steadily getting harder. And I hear him say, where's Blaylock? I heard, I heard Lawler say, where's Blaylock? And I looked up and said, I don't know, but he's got to hurry up. You're killing me. <laughs> oh yeah. Derek, Derek wasn't touching me. It was, it was easy, but it was all, it was getting really awkward. Cause like, we're just kind of standing there letting them punch us for an awkwardly long time. And then Brian, who'd been sitting in the doorway, like, oh, yeah, I'm sure nobody thinks he's going to interfere. He's suddenly at the doorway watching this match out of all of them. Uh, after Jimmy finally got the powder in his hand, it took an extra minute for him to finally show up. So, yeah, all that was a little <laughs> little bit off. But uh, that's, like I say, it's another fun part of the story to tell later on, I guess. But, yeah, all the punches that's and all true. that were really good. Because I heard, like, the first punch he threw, I heard he said something to you about that was stiff, wasn't it? And I didn't know if he was ribbing you or not, but. None of the ones I, I took was too bad. I didn't think I was ever going to get him to stomp my hand over there, and then I didn't even feel it when he did. Yeah. 
I was leaving it there and leaving it there, like, come on. I know Jerry Lawler knows to stomp my freaking hand now. And then finally he came over and did it. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> he, um, I, I remember one time, and uh, I know we're almost rambling now, but um, I wrestled him in front of a mattress store in Memphis one time. <laughs> had to be for Kenny Avenue. Valiant. It was for Kenny Valiant. And uh, Lawler had to go somewhere. Lawler had to go somewhere, so he and I were on second, if you can imagine that. Jerry Lawler is on a show, and he's on second. But uh, I don't know how all this lined up and how it happened, but within the course of that match, uh, I had scratched scratched the side of Lawler's face, and he was bleeding. He had drop-kicked me, and he had drop-kicked me, and my nose started bleeding. And then the finish was I missed him and hit Jimmy, and I split Jimmy's lip wide open. <laughs> so we left. We Hardcore at the mattress store. <laughs> By God, you know it. So, but it was all we all got a big chuckle out of it when we got in the dressing room. But well, I think everybody but Jimmy because I tagged him pretty damn hard. But. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, damn it, Neil. But anyway, we're down to a minute now, so I guess we better go ahead and wrap up before we lose our, our live uh, feed here. So. Uh, as always, uh, go check out localstolegends.com. It's got all the links to everything uh, Neil and Gene related, uh, including Neil's the, uh, website where you can get those wonderful T-shirts we talked about earlier. Hey, I just uh, I actually posted those pictures, uh, the, uh, a copy of the promo picture and the Lonesome Derek picture on uh, Locals to Legends <laughs> just a few minutes ago, so make sure to check that out. Perfect. So, yeah, if you heard yeah. us talking about that, oh, by the way, my brother Witt left with a signed copy of the uh, Locals to Legends promo pick, so that'll be hanging in his house somewhere. So oh that's, my God. that's good to know, right? <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> we're almost out of time, so tune in live, 10 p.m. Central, next Sunday night, and hear our guest, Bad Attitude, Tony Dabbs. Uh, who knows? We may go the full two hours next week because, that's, like they say, there's a lot of stories to tell. Looking forward to that. Localsofthelegends.com. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Hell, I got to rambling. We didn't even do the bad promo.